0: Proverbs 31, please. If you've got your Bible, that's where we're at. Hallelujah. It talks about the wife, the ideal wife, the wife of a noble character, but we can use her because she is a mother and a keeper of a household. So she's an important lady. And I want you to just, uh, I'm not gonna read the whole chapter, you can read it later, but I do want you to uh, follow with me uh, from verse 10, which is the beginning of the story. A wife of noble character, who can find She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing, And lacks, uh, excuse me. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax, we don't do that today, and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. That means she's a gourmet cook, okay? She gets up while it's still dark and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it out of the earnings she plants a vineyard. This is a lady that knows what to do and how to do it. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task and she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds a distaff, and grasps a spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. It's a form of warm velvet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband's respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs at the days to come. You know how that's interpreted in the living Bible? She's not afraid of old age. I like that. Okay? She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Amen. That's the word of God. And I'm going to talk about women and and especially mothers, because every woman I'm going to speak about was a mother. Uh, Whether you believe it or not, women are very much a part of God's redemptive plan. Uh, Even with all the flaws. Even with all our mistakes, women are a very important part of the redemptive plan. They're there. Let's talk about our mother. We all have one mother. What's her name? Mary, Jane, Peter. No, 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 it's Eve. Didn't you know that? That's where you came from. Eve, we all came from Eve. I I taught you something new. (laughs) it's the creation story and it's beautiful and that first woman's name was Eve now we have the first woman she's pure she's holy she's God's creation but there came a moment where she was tested and guess what she failed so that kinda talks about all of us isn't it the truth somewhere down the line we failed somewhere down the line we've made some terrible mistakes somewhere down the line it hasn't been easy because let me tell you something a woman's life and a mother's life is never easy she was tempted and Satan said to her you'll be like God if you do in other words you can be like God but if you obey God you'll never be that way He's holding you back from something good. And she, all of a sudden, she got filled up with the thoughts of Satan. Now let me tell you something. The sin of Satan is pride. And if you don't know what pride is, pride is written in just one letter. Pride has only one letter, I. That's all. There's nothing else involved in pride. I. I. What are proud people, or what are proud people all about? Well, it depends upon the way they see things, the way I see it, the way I feel it, the way I know it, the way I want it, the way I will go. Comes a moment where their eye almost spits out at you and hits you. Well, that's the name. And she was tempted. And guess what? She fell, she disobeyed. Let me tell you about another lady that I love very dearly because it's one of the most romantic stories in the whole Bible. It's Rebecca. Rebecca is the girl that lives in a, a faraway land and her father-in-law, Rebecca's father-in-law was Abraham. Now Abraham's worried. God said that in him uh, all the nations would be blessed And that's where he had his situation with God. He says, how can they be blessed in me and in my seed when I don't even have a child? And well, through that tremendous struggle, you know that she laughed at Abraham and she laughed at the angels and she laughed at the messages from God. Well, she was Sarah, the laughing lady. But God came through because whatever God says he does, that's why you can trust the Bible. That's why you can sit on it. That's why you can stand on it. That's why you can drink it. Because this word is the true word of God. You don't have to worry about a thing. If you're in the word, you're secure. If you're in the word, you're moving with God. If you're in the word, it's okay. Now, Rebecca's this little girl that lives over in the land of Paran, or wherever it was. And... uh, She's just behaving like she always does. She's going to the well to get water uh, for the flock of her household. And Eliezer, this precious man of God, uh, comes and and he says to God, the girl that offers me water and the girl that offers uh, to give my whole flock water, I'll know that she's the one. And in walks Rebecca. And she says, I I will give you water, and I'll give your flock water. Isn't that interesting? Because she could have easily said, go before my sheep. Uh, Do it before this group of sheep. No, no, she says, I will do it for you. So Eliezer knew she was the one. And Eliezer says, where are you from? And it happens to be some relatives of the family of Abraham. And she takes him home that night. And he tells her exactly what the plan is and then he goes home to tell the family. And and the father kind of stands there stunned. Well, what is this all about? I think it's romantic, I don't know about you. He says, well, it's up to her. Will you go with him? and she's tingling inside with two things. First of all, number one, this has got to be God. And number two, number two, it's romantic. There's a man out there for me. What girl doesn't think that? Isn't it the truth? And there's nothing like romance that changes the whole life. That's, it. that's why we get into so much trouble because we forget the original romance and we go on looking for more romances. No, brother, you only got one shot and that's it, okay? So, we, Rebecca says, yes, yes, and when Rebecca says yes, whoa. They unload the donkeys and they unload the camels and there's so many goodies. You talk about a shower. There was gold, and there were trinkets, and there were, oh. And she goes back with him, and she's, it's a long journey. And she's on her camel. And one of the verses used in the scripture is that verse in Genesis where it looks up and she says, that mother, he comes out of his tent, and he saw that the camels were coming, and they were bringing his love. And all she did was slip down from the camel and she says, who is that man over there? To Eliezer, he says, that is Isaac, the son of my master. And she pulls up her veil, just a symbol of her virginity and of being the one brought to him. And the scripture says that he took her into his tent and he loved her. The scripture says something else. Not only did he love her as his wife, but she also served to take away the sadness of the death of his mother. Let me tell you something, folks. I love the Bible. I love the Bible because it's wrapped up with humanity, it's wrapped up with romance, it's wrapped up with direction, it's wrapped up with everything. The world today is so sloppy, it's so low, it's so base, it's so gross, but when you go to the word of God, you say, well, wait, we're living in the 20th century. Yes, and we're going to the 21st, and it's going to be worse than this century. I don't want to scare you. I'm just telling you the truth. I love the Bible because the Bible has that beauty of life that is so, so wholesome and so beautiful. So I've got to tell you that I think Rebecca's love story is one of the best in the Bible. Now that's just me and Rebecca and the Lord, so what can I tell you? Were you bored? So sorry. Let's go on. (laughs) She also has a moment where she fails. Looks like everybody I'm telling you about is failing, but there we go. Rebecca gets pregnant, and within her womb, there are two children. One is Esau, the oldest son, and one is Jacob, the youngest son. And there is a fighting within that womb. And she goes to the Lord and she says, what is this? What do I have inside? And the Lord says, don't worry. Let me tell you what's going to happen The older one will serve the younger one. That's all God told her. Well, the first one to come out is considered the oldest, and that was Esau. And then along came Jacob. It says he was hanging on to his ankle. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, kind of say, hey. But out he comes. And Rebecca kept in mind what God says. Folks, let me tell you something. Whatever God says, he'll do it. Don't you try to do it. You try in your surrender. You try in your faithfulness. You try in your stewardship. But when it comes to try to put the pieces together of God's puzzle, don't you dare. Why? Because he's in charge. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't know the curves on the road. You don't know what's waiting up ahead. You don't know the trials and the tribulations. You don't know where you'll get tripped up. God does. You know what I love about God? He knows every curve on the road. I've hit a couple of curves that I thought I was surely going over. And I didn't by His grace. But that's because I wanted to drive fast. You know me. I wanted to go. God says no, quietate. I love that. I love when God says, shut up and sit still. You say, oh God doesn't talk like that. How much you wanna bet? Gotta listen carefully. He will tell you that. And Rebecca spent the whole life grooming Jacob. But you know, these boys were so different. I love that about kids. That's why one of the lessons in being a mother is don't treat them all alike. They're not alike. They're not alike. Some kids need five hugs. Some kids need one y Yeah. Have you ever had a kid that you go to hug and they go, Ma, come on, Ma. Come on, Ma. Hey, you're dying for a little hugging and they get, no, 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 no yeah. But that's okay. Esau grew up, he was a man of the, of the I say of the streets, of the hills. Yeah, he was the man of the hills. Esau was the man of the hills. He went out and as a young man, he learned to work his bow. He learned to catch venison. He learned to, oh, what a hunter, what a fellow. And out in the hills and sleeping out there and everything else, this man was ruddy, hairy, looked like a brute perfect for today's girls, right? Because this is, this is the way they go, right? And Jacob was, you know what? My mother used to tell me what he was, lampino. You know what that is? No hair. Yeah, kind of look like a, I don't know, but isn't it marvelous that all types are loving? But all Rebecca could think of was that the older would serve the younger. I've got to get this done for God. No, she had to get it done for herself because she committed the sin of loving one boy more than another. It seemed that Esau was daddy's boy. So she made Jacob her boy. Hey, folks, that's one of the sins in life. Your boys belong to both of you. Your boys belong to both of you. Your girls belong to both of you. Oh, no, but he likes his mother. He confides in his mother. So what? Thank God he's got someone to confide in. Don't push him aside. Don't make him less a boy. Same with the girl. There is an equality that's demanded in the Word of God for our children. And let me tell you, it's hard. Because some kids are nicer than others. There are some rotten kids out there. Did you know that? You own a few? Yeah. Yeah oh yes 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 and this is why we've got to be so careful we've got to ask God to help us she didn't ask God for help she went ahead and made all her own mistakes it was like Sarah giving Hagar to to Abraham and now Rebecca gives Jacob to Isaac and has covered his hair his hands with the hair so that he can smell. And yet Isaac is, hey, he's blind, but he's not the dumbest man on earth. He says, this is a strange situation. You feel and smell like Esau, but you talk like Jacob. He knew, but not enough. The porridge was made and he ate it, <clears throat> and he got the blessing. Jacob got the blessing. De, de la cabeza hasta los pies. He got the whole thing from head to toe. God blessed Jacob. And that's the way it was. So what, what we see in the plan of redemption, the women involved in the line of redemption, they weren't perfect. They were mothers with a million flaws, And we live here today in the Bronx or wherever you come from. Mothers with a million flaws. I'm one of them. And hey, what can I tell you? We've just got to learn lessons. Now, there are a few lessons that are important for us to learn, and I just wanna share them quickly. Number one, this is a mistake. Are you hearing me? This, This is a mistake, to live for your children. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? No, I don't think you're listening to me, okay? It's a mistake to live. Well, Sister Amy, who do we live for? Well, what are you saying? No, 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 no. It's a mistake to live for your children. Because the spirit of people that live for their children is the following. I will give them all I can. I will give them what I have never had. I will do for them. You say, well, isn't that noble? Isn't that right? Isn't that where we're supposed to be? Isn't that what's supposed to be happening in our lives? Isn't this something that has to be done? Yes, but not to the measure that your entire life, that your entire life is wrapped around it. Cannot be. Cannot be. Let me tell you why. Because there's a part of the human life that is now being torn away, given away. And that's why people don't have time for God. They've given everything they've got to their family and children. They're drained out. Their strength to work, their strength to do, their strength to move. It's all for the children. That's not right. It's a mistake of motherhood. It's a mistake of parenting. And another thing. Now, let me me reiterate, because it's important, and if you get this tape and hear it again at your house, I want you to think about this. When it comes to living, we must live for God. You see, God does not accept second place. God will not get behind your children and wait online for your worship and for your service. He won't. You may put him in fourth place, but he's not even there. You place him there, but he's not there because he's only where people worship and praise him in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I've seen some of the sweetest people go down the drain because of their children. Yes, I have. I've seen people live through their children. They didn't fulfill their dreams, so now they're going to fulfill them in their children. My child is going to be the doctor I never was. My child is going to be the star I never was. My child is going to be the most important thing. And when we start to shape the children in our dreams, it's so funny. Because some of these kids will never be what you were going to be. No, they'd never be that. And that's why they start to... Do you know how kids get edgy with us? You know, they... Their body language says it all. You're telling them how important it is to study because they're going to be a doctor? And that, listen, I wish every child in the world were a doctor. I don't know what would happen to the rest of them, but you know what I mean. I love the thought of doctors. I love the thought of lawyers. I think of my mother. I give you this story every time, and I don't care how many times you hear it. Mama would go and fight in school so that my brothers would, would get academic High school so that they could go on to college and you should have heard my mother's fight My sister and I we got general courses. That's when you graduate knowing nothing Okay, but that's okay. I have no problems with that, but when it came to my brothers no way No way She'd go into the school into the secretary's office and scream for the principal And the principal would come out to this lady with broken language. Okay, never expected a rebel. Way back then, in the 30s and 40s, no. My mother would look at the principal and says, My son, my son is going academic. Then he would go on and say, well, you know, he doesn't meet the criteria, he doesn't meet the grave, blah, blah, blah. all the stories they gave you then. And my mother said, where your son go? And she says, uh, ma'am, that's not important. Yes, it is. Your son go academic, my son go academic. I'm not going to leave this school until my son go academic. And there she'd sit there. I hate to tell you the other language she used. I hate to tell you. I can't. Think of curse words in Puerto Rican. That's all. Just think of them. And they they, they look at them. They'd be scared. Ma'am, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. Guess what? Both my brothers went academic. Both of them went academic. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. One became uh, a chemist uh, for Texaco. Uh, Gasoline way out there and worked, and got his pension, and you know that last year he died and I was with him. That's Ralph. Bob went on to study at Haran, you know, the old aviation high school, and from there went on to NYU for a little while, and from there went on to uh, study computers and became a computer engineer, and from there went on to Washington, D.C., and then went on to all the headaches in the world, but that's okay. It was mama fighting in the room, my son, academic. You know, I've got a little joke with my mother and my son, because my mother always used to say, Bobby, I, I always remember this. I said, Bobby, my brother. I'm sorry, no, not you. No, no, you don't know, go academic, honey. <laughs> He's defending himself now over there. Uh, and I remember when my, my brother started in politics and my mother would say, hijo, in este país, in this country, my son, even poor people can become presidents. Remember Lincoln? Oh, I love mama. Mama knew history for her own advantage. And then she said to me, she says, And someday you can be President of the United States. You know, I I had this vision in my mind, my brother sitting in Congress in the House of Representatives, and Jesus next to his father, and my mother pulling on his robe uh, and saying, uh, I didn't say Congress, I said President. (laughs) There is nothing like a mother, nothing. She wants the sky. But guess what? Number one, don't live for your children. Live for God. And He'll give you the strength to give them everything they need. And with His strength, you'll have divine direction. You'll have unction. You'll have anointing. You'll have everything you need. I mean that. Don't live through them. Let not your dreams be impressed on your poor children, and that's why so many of so many failures, because that's not what they should have been to start with. And don't lose your life in them. Well, didn't you just say that? No, I said to live through them. I said to dream through them, but don't lose your life in them. How do you know, how, how will I know if I've lost my life in my children when your life is no longer important? When you don't care what happens to you, when you don't care what happens to you, they have become everything. You can die of hunger, you can die a pauper, so long as they make it. Oh no, oh no. Listen to me, mothers. Listen to me. When you go home, give yourself a big hug. Would you do that? And give yourself a few kisses. Yeah, I want you to go back to loving yourself. We've drained so much out on these children. We give them everything we have. Every ounce of love, every ounce of worry, every ounce of pain, every ounce of everything. And then we walk around like zombies. Yeah, what's your son? He he he's a doctor. What's your son? He's a he's a He's an engineer, he's an engineer. And you're ha, 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 No, listen, listen to me carefully. I want to love you this morning with everything I've got within me. But there is not a child to lose your life on. You wanna lose your life, do what Jesus says. Lose it for him. Lose it for him, what do you mean? What does that mean? That's the real sign of Christianity. It says, he that loses his life in this world. And it said so clearly. We'll gain it with God. Yeah, you say, you know, I, I don't always understand that. Before this year is over, I'm going to give a parenting seminar. Where we're going to sit here and battle it out where you'll have your boxing gloves on and I'll have my boxing gloves on and when we can talk to each other about bringing up children, no I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the expert that's why when people want to put me on a pedestal and say well you have four children then they all serve God that's the highest acclaim yeah, because the highest person took care of it God I didn't do it. You said, oh, but you they want so much for you to stand up and take a bow. Listen, I thank God for the strength. I thank God for the churches we were in. I thank God for the people that loved us. I thank God for saints that met the needs of so many of my children. I thank God for my friends that took care of my daughters and took care of my son. Do you realize that I can't remember how many Pampers I changed on Joe? No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, I don't think it was a dozen. And he was a baby, as long as babies are babies. But between the two older girls and all of my friends, everybody came in and took care of that child. He was well. He was nurtured by many spirits. He was blessed by many hearts. There were so many people that told him that they loved him that he never asked me if I loved him. Isn't that marvelous? That's what happens in the family of God. There are kids here right now working on sound, working on the stage, working in this place, That I adore them. I want to take them all home with me. I've never seen such an effervescence. I've never seen such a beauty. It's not only mama and papa that are working. It's everybody else that's putting in their two cents. And our kids are making it. Hallelujah. And the people that go home, praying for them. People that are lifting them up in the altars of their home, hallelujah! You know what the Bible says? We reap where we haven't sown. You know how many grandmothers have been prayed for you? You know how many grandfathers prayed for you? You know how many loved ones prayed for you? And died praying for you? You didn't even know it. And I stand up here as the great pastor. Two sessions over there, what was it, 400 people? Now we're here, almost 800 people or more. And then and, and, and some nights, 1,100, right? So I'm gonna stand up on a pedestal somewhere, I'll probably fall off anyway. But you know, me, no, 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 no. I'm just in that blessed place where so many people helped make it happen. Your parents, your grandparents, your mothers, your fathers, your loved ones, people that cared for you, that sent up prayers for you, and that were watching over you and asked God and the Holy Spirit to follow you into every deep, dark, black alley you ever went into. And I'm just a privileged pastor to receive you, to watch you come, to watch you accept the Lord, so you see, it's not what we do, it's what he's doing. And remember that as long as you live. Jesus said, for mothers that want to live for their children and live through their children and lose their life on their children, Jesus says, I've got a better deal for you. And what's that? Come on to me. And guess what? I'll give you rest. Your kids won't. I'll give you rest. That's the invitation from Jesus. Now here's another very delicate part. There are marriages that have died because of children. Yeah, you say, Sister Amy, what? Yeah. Because we're mothers, we give up our husbands. Oh, they're there. You know what their name is? Traidor me esto, trae-me lo otro, me lo me lo otro. You know, that's what they are. Not traitors. Traidor means just bring me this and bring me that and bring me this and bring me that. That's it. A gopher. Our husbands become delightful, glorious, grandioso gophers. Isn't it the truth? Any man want to claim that? Okay, thank you. Thank you, honest men. Thank you. And you chicken out there, God will get a hold of you. <laughs> All right, but it's Mother's Day, you don't want to hurt them. That's okay, I have no problems with that. Marriages have died because of of children. You say, explain that to me, I don't understand. It's because we haven't examined our priorities biblically. And the priority biblically is a very, very, very high-powered priority. It almost sounds totally sexual Because it's included in the part of the Bible that speaks about sex. But it's far beyond that. The scripture says when a woman examines her priorities, I'm talking about married women. Listen to what the Bible says. Your body no longer belongs to you. It belongs to him. It says it to the man too. Your body doesn't belong to her. It belongs to him or to him, to her. You know what I mean. Well this is, this is it. That doesn't change because you had three kids. That doesn't change because you've had a dozen, I don't know how many you've had. I had six, four survived. Thank God. I don't know what I would have done with six, really. But listen to this. You say, you say, Sister maybe wait a minute, what do I do? Well hey, ladies, how about going back to romancing your husbands? Look at that, look at that, they died. They died. This congregation died. What's the matter with you? You're sick. I told you, get the tape. You gotta hear it a million times. We've got to go back to romancing our husbands and it's, it's, it's what God said, and, and in order to romance them, listen to me, you gotta cut the umbilical cord. Oh sister, wasn't that cut when they were born? No, there are so many strings in this church, it isn't even funny. Yes, God help us, this, this that's why I said it's gonna be a very strange Mother's Day presentation, and it is, but if you don't cut the umbilical cord, it's that umbilical cord that'll kill you. I give you a great advice take good care of your man watch over him you say if you knew my husband you wouldn't say that no if you knew my husband you wouldn't say that (laughs) the Bible doesn't say if they're good they're kind they're noble they're great they're sweet they're ever-loving it doesn't say that it just says love him Your body belongs to him and his body belongs to you. And I'm not just jiving sex on you this afternoon. I'm talking the seriousness of time. I'm talking the seriousness of walks. I'm talking the seriousness of holding hands. I'm talking the seriousness of watching a sunset from my window on 161st and Grand Concourse. They're so glorious I sit on the floor and watch the sun go down. I don't know how many times Joe has joined me. How many times? On his... No. He'd rather watch number 23. Okay, well, on we go. Praise the Lord. I've got something to tell you. A number four situation is the following. Don't take sides. Mom and dad, don't let the kids split you up. Don't. You say, oh, but my husband is so cruel to them. Well, let me tell you how he's not going to be cruel. You stand by his side because he's not going to be half as cruel if you shut your mouth and stand there. He's not. Many a parent abuses a child to get even with the other parent. Did you hear me? Just because she said no, they say yes. Just because he says no, she says yes. Sister Amy, you know something? You're making me sick. I want to go home. I really want to go home. Call this quits because it's a horror show. No, it's not. It's telling the truth on Mother's Day. Maybe that should have been the title, but it's not. It's Mother's Day, 1995. And I close with these thoughts for you. There is a living example in the word of God It's this woman that I opened up the scripture for. Ladies, this is for you. She's considered a treasure far greater than rubies or diamonds. And she's a great wife. You know what the Bible says? That he's not afraid of her. I love that. I love that. He can trust her. Listen to what it says. She brings him no harm all the days of her life. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value because she is his finest treasure. Mama, let's be our husband's finest treasure. But better yet, let's be God's finest treasure. She provides for her children at home. Her lamp never goes out. Do you know what that means? It means the truth that's hidden in her heart never takes a vacation. You know, we take vacations from God. You know that, don't you? I, I don't want you to answer me, but we do. Uh, we think that there are so, some settings that God isn't in them, so we can really take off. Oh, folks, God's in every setting of life. When you close a door for an illicit affair, God is there. Because wherever you are, he is there. You say, now, 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 you're bothering me. I hope to. I really do. Faithfulness is one of the most beautiful things in the world on both sides, men and women. You know what the scripture says, she's not afraid of winter. I love that. You know what that means? She's not afraid of growing old. Hallelujah. Hey, my father used to sit and say to me, I loved him. If you knew what this is like. My father was talking to me about life over 70. And my father was dynamic. Could lift a million loads. Could do a million things. Build two churches. And now he was old and he couldn't. And I would sit up and tell my father, Papi, you have God. And if God's, well, oh, I, I love cocky preachers. Aren't they terrific? I mean, you can really roll them over. I said, look, Daddy, you have God and God's going to be your strength. And stop, 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 stop whatever you're doing to yourself. You're killing yourself. So I, I couldn't stop him. I couldn't stop him. But you know something, 66, ay papi, ay papi, si yo pudiera hablar contigo un ratito. I could only talk to you for a little while, just a little while. And I can almost hear him looking down at me. I told you your day was coming, that's it. She's not afraid of winter. Ladies, have you tried the new wrinkle cream? Have you tried it? Yeah, wrinkle cream, yeah. yeah. All the women are into it. There comes the little ones that you can put in your pocketbook all the day, all the, and then they're in their the mirror. Look at that, look at that. Is, is it gone? Is it gone? No, not gone. And then you go to one of those fancy doctors, look, look, look what you look like. They'll take this off, they'll push this in, they'll push that. Hey, I got enough with my high blood pressure. I got enough with my diabetes. I got enough with my gout, I got enough with my, what's this, the arthritis. I got enough with all of that. I got a few others, but I don't know their names. I can't pronounce them. (laughs) But listen, listen to me. You don't have to be afraid. Oh, I think there are times that God ties us down to keep us surrendered. I mean that. You say, oh, Sister Amy, you're so cruel. But I've surrendered to that. I said, Lord, whatever it takes to make me faithful, here I am. Tie me, block me, hem me in, hedge me in. I don't care what you do. The scripture says her husband is respected. The man with a good wife is respected. She's clothed with strength and dignity. Strength for when you have to say no. And she knows how to say no. Dignity when you have to say ugly things with a smile, but yet you say it in the spirit of God. If there's a possibility, no fear of old age. I love that. Hey ladies, first of all, a commandment from Pastor Amy. Your wife is a mother, you have a mother, contact them today. Take your wife out, give her a ball. Oh honey, then I have to take four or five kids and we can't afford it. Take the kids to McDonald's and go out with your wife. Do you hear me? Enjoy yourself with her. Mothers, I love you. And this is a special church because there's a female pastor. And I have all the pangs of femininity and all the pangs of motherhood and all the pangs of everything that could go wrong in a marriage and all the pangs of all the dreams that I have never fulfilled and things that I have never done. But that doesn't mean a thing. I am saved by the blood of the lamb, and so are you. We're washed in the blood. We've been given a guarantee of heaven, and we're marching on with God, hallelujah. Stand, folks. Let's worship and praise him. Hallelujah. Thank God for your mother today if she's alive. Thank God if she's gone on to be with Jesus. Thank God for what he does. Mothers, go home with an ounce more patience. Go home with an ounce.